Welcome to episode 409 of Stolen Droids Podcast. Do you ever get the feeling that Hollywood only does things that they think the fans want? With the recent news that Warner Brothers is going to appease a vocal fan base by releasing the Snyder Cut of Justice League, we thought that it was an appropriate time to discuss just how good caving into fan demands really is. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And this is the Soul Androids Podcast. I'm Jake. I'm Colin. I'm Marley. And I'm Zoner, although I feel like Mike Wazowski for a minute there. Because it just was right over your name? <laughs> uh, yeah. And your face, kind of, too. And half my face, yeah. Let's, let's do that again, just so we can see. Yeah, it does kind of cover the face a little bit and yeah. the name. It does really for well. For sure. <laughs> All right. Really, well, you know, I don't. I don't think we need to see any of our faces. Let's just look at our cute little bot. He's adorable. Aw. Did you say bot <laughs> with a like a T as in Terry? Yeah, our or, bot. Or our cute oh. little bod. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, guys. We're recording again. We did a live show this week, which I think a lot of people really enjoyed. So I think we probably have to do that again. I, I don't know. People said they liked this. It. Yeah, yeah it. I don't know, though. That kind of buggered me up, though, when it came to the whole audio production thing. You know what? You can go dance off a cliff. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> go dance off a cliff. That's a new one, Colin. I don't Thank know you. that I've heard that one before. I think I Colin has some pent-up aggression here. All towards him. <laughs> it's true. It's probably because he hasn't died in a while. <sighs> yeah, well, oh, we yeah. don't kill people anymore. Speaking just, of which, We haven't killed anyone off. We're we missing Zach really... tonight. We miss him. He He'll be back no. with us soon. That's um, really sad. But uh, this, the show must go on. He's alive, though, and well. Yes. Just not here on the show tonight. <laughs> Just want to reiterate that fact. That's weird. Yes, alive and well. When people aren't here, they're alive and well. Unless they're not, but then it's really sad. I thought um, the SD we'll bot we'll got hungry and decided to eat him. <laughs> what was that, Colin? I thought the SD bot got hungry and decided to eat him. Nope. Nope. Oh. Didn't happen. Well, SD bot's very nice. It's right. a cute little bot, as you said earlier. That's so. what it that's what it wants you to think. Marley's here being packed. That's when it attacks. The bottom of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am not. I am not one of these people or companies that is just going to give in to what the fans say they want. If people say they want Colin to die when he's not on the show, I'm not just going to give in to that just because that's what they want. And that is kind of what we're talking about tonight. Is how companies <laughs> have started doing that. That, that a is really, a beautiful segue. It's no, like that was you forced. Did, yeah, I enjoyed was, that sausage. It was like you've <laughs> been podcasting for a while. <laughs> well, that's good because on the live episode, mm. I kind of sucked a lot. So um, hopefully we'll do better on this one. Uh, yeah, so tonight we're talking about – and what brings this on is on Twitter today it was announced um, – was it today or yesterday? I think it was Snyder yesterday. Cut, yeah, the Snyder Cut that apparently – everybody has been waiting for uh, is going to be released on HBO max next year. Um, this has been rumored for a long time that it's out there, that there is a Snyder cut and now it's finally coming to fruition and the fans are getting to see it uh, instead of and Snyder cut of justice league, right? Like 
I'm saying that like everybody knows what the Snyder Cut is. Zoner, you know, I'm sure what the Snyder Cut is. Why don't you explain it for us? So for those who are unaware, Zack Snyder was, depending on who you listen to, removed from his directing duties of the Justice League film. He says that he had to step away due to family issues, Mm -hmm. uh, which is completely understandable. I believe his son committed suicide. He tried to power through, which is admirable. And, you know, you can't fault the dude for stepping away. At that point, Joss Whedon comes in and redoes like the entire movie. Gives Henry Cavill awesome CGI uh, with that just lovely, lovely mustache. I will say, Jake, yours is coming in quite nicely. Oh, thank Um, you. You might want to take it up a little bit above the corners, though, you hippie. Um, I'll I'll see what I can do, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And and so for, for this entire time, ever since then, there's been rumors that Zack Snyder actually had the entire movie done and Warner Brothers was unhappy with it. And so they brought Joss Whedon in to recut the movie, redo the movie and give them a product that they felt would be marketable because Mm -hmm. apparently Zack Snyder is a complete turd when it comes to making movies, which is why they gave him control of their whole universe. Yeah. There, there's a lot to unpack with the whole Snyder cut thing, because I agree with uh, the idea that he did need to step away. And I think that that was the right thing to do for him and his family. And I'm never going to fault anyone who says, Hey, I need to step away from this project because I've got family stuff going on. Family's got to be number one priority. Um, And so I, I will never fault anybody for that. And obviously your heart goes out to him and his wife and their family and everybody who's involved in that. That's a terrible loss when you lose a child. I can't even imagine. That being said, I've never really been fully on board with a lot of what Zack Snyder has done with the DC universe. I am a huge Superman fan. And the Man of Steel movie has grown on me over time. But Batman v Superman (laughs) is just a hot mess from start to finish. Yeah. it. You didn't like that dream sequence at the beginning? I can't I can't think of a part of the movie that I did like, to be honest. I it is hard for me to pick out a part and say, Oh, this Wonder Woman showing up. When she shows up and her theme music plays, like that's really cool. Yeah. But that's that's really it. Yep. I've been a fan of the DC Universe movies. I've enjoyed them, but that's with a big asterisk. They've got a lot of issues. Yeah. Uh, they they are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I have enjoyed them and they are fun. I think that Zack Snyder's problem is he does not understand the characters. He does not understand what a hero is. His idea of heroes is somebody who goes around killing people. Mm -hmm. And that's not what a hero is. That's, that's the boys on Amazon prime. Well, (laughs) do you, do you think that's why he put in that first scene? To see how people would actually react to, you know, Batman killing someone? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't think he doesn't understand Superman. No, he doesn't. And yeah, he says that the S represents hope. There's no hope. That, that, he's dark and gritty. And 
I mean, he may have a better grasp on Batman than on Superman, but he doesn't understand superheroes in the way that their creators intended them to be. And yeah, I get that they've evolved over the last 80 years, but that being said, I still don't think he gets them. Yeah. I And I think, honestly, part of the challenge that Zack Snyder was facing was DC really wanted to catch up with what Marvel had done. For and sure. they were behind mm-hmm. the eight ball. I mean, the MCU was taking off at this point. Avengers had already happened. And we had Civil War coming out soon, which was going to pit Captain America versus Iron Man. And I think DC wanted to put out a movie that was going to be similar in scope to that. And so if you're taking your two marquee characters and pitting them against each other, then DC is going to do the same thing with Batman and Superman. But the problem is we had how many films leading up to Civil War? I mean, it was quite a few. So we cared about Captain America. We cared about Iron Man. And it was really hard to pick a side. And it was it was compelling and it was good storytelling because we had built all of that up. Batman v Superman, like this was the first time we saw Batman in this universe. And we didn't really care about the character yet. And so when you're trying to cram all of that into a movie and give a reason for why these two are fighting give a reason for why they come together. It's hard to do all of that in just a couple of hours without any backstory like we had in the in the MCU. And then to throw Justice League into it, I mean, when Avengers came out, we already had two Iron Man movies, a Captain America movie, a Thor movie. We had built their backstories and we kind of gave a compelling reason for why they were coming together. Justice League, it, it didn't it didn't quite work because I don't think we had that same background. And so Honestly, DC kind of gave him an impossible task to say catch up with Marvel in three mm-hmm. movies or less. Oh, and that, for sure. They were they were never going to accomplish that. Well, and yeah. they had Superman mm-hmm. and, with Man of Steel. So there's one movie leading up to Batman v Superman. And then right. we get Justice League. And at that point, Superman didn't know who he was. How is yeah. how is the audience supposed to even care? You know, the the character doesn't know anything about himself. The audience doesn't either. All we have to go off of is 80 years of history, 75 yeah. years of history. Yeah, but but all of that being said, we're not here to break down those movies, even though that's what we spent the last 10 minutes doing. But it's what fun because we, we're comic book nerds, Jake. I, I understand, but I feel bad for Colin and Marley who would also <laughs> like to participate in this conversation. No, tonight. you're good. I, I did have one comment though. Yes, please. <laughs> I just like kind of along those lines, like because Justice League, I only I actually only saw it once in theaters, and I remember coming out of it like, you know what, that that movie was okay. It wasn't the best, but I, you know, I, I wasn't like upset. But I haven't seen it since. Yeah. And then also just kind of backtracking a little bit. Um, like we had three new characters introduced in that movie, Aquaman, the flash and cyborg. Yeah. Yep. Cyborg. And, mm-hmm. and again, like we had no attachment to these people. Like they tried to do like somewhat of a quick origin, especially for like cyborg. But like, again, we only know a little bit about these characters from other 
renditions. I mean, I know a lot yeah. about the Flash from the CW's The Flash, but again, those right. are two very they're two very different flashes. And but at the same time, like I don't know this new Flash. I know that he can run really fast, and that's about it, you know. And so yeah. I don't know. It's just that movie was what hard to get into, though. It, it was hard because the, we only knew a couple of characters, and then the ones we did know, there wasn't that much origin. Yeah. Well, no. imagine those people that go into that movie and all they know Cyborg from is Teen Titans Go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be sorely disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, and the sad thing is after Justice League, we got Wonder Woman and we got Aquaman. And both of those films I enjoyed quite a bit. I oh, like I those them. probably probably more than any of the other DC films. Those two really kind of stood out. Yep. Uh, and imagine if those would come first. So now we already have these established characters of Wonder Woman and Aquaman showing up in, in Justice League. And then you're excited to see them. When when they kind of just pop up the way they did, it was like, okay, well, we knew they were going to be in it, but we don't know the reasons. We don't understand why. I, I don't know. I I liked that Marvel did it that way, where we had Iron Man, we had Captain America, we had Thor, all of those backstories built up before we got there. And like you said, Marley, there was no origin for these characters in Justice League. I um, agree. But the fans have been clamoring for this Snyder Cut. There is a group of fans out there that want the Snyder Cut of this movie to be released. And it's been rumored that it's out there. It's been finally confirmed. And it is coming to HBO Max, which is the new venture between HBO and Warner Brothers. New streaming service that comes out the end of this month. Uh, if you like Friends, that's the only place you're going to find it now. If you like Big Bang Theory, that's the only place you're going to find it streaming now uh, is on HBO Max. So that's coming out. And it kind of begs the question, this seems to be happening more and more, where the fans are really pushing a lot of what the studios are releasing and what the studios are doing. And I think there's a fine line between giving the people what they want and just providing fan service and just totally caving. Like, you've when you're making a movie, when you're making a show, you've got to have a vision. You've got to have an idea of where it's going to go. And there's a fine line between saying, well, the fans really like this. So let's add more of that in there and saying, well, this is what the fans want. It goes completely against my, my vision or our idea of what we want to do, but let's just go ahead and cave and give the fans what they want. And I think we're seeing more of that caving recently than, than just giving them kind of the characters that they like to see and, and want to see. And you know, I think it's, I think it's fun when the studios throw in little Easter eggs. Sure. Uh, You know, give the fans a nod. Obviously, they've got to cater to the fans to some extent or else you're going to piss off the fan base and you're not going to sell tickets and everything's going to go down the crapper. But like you said, there is that fine line. Do you completely just go on Reddit and see, okay, the fans want this, 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 and this. And so how do we work it into the script? Mm -hmm. Or do you write the script and then say, okay, the fans want this, 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 and this. How can we sneak these little nuggets in so that the fans can look and say, oh, did you see that? Oh, did you see that? Which is Mm -hmm. exactly what they did with The Last Jedi, or uh, Rise of Skywalker, basically, after The Last Jedi. Yes. In a nutshell. And, and I think that's a good example of, I feel like a lot of caving into what 
a lot of fans were vocal about after The Last Jedi and saying, okay, now we're going to make a movie that's going to appease those fans that were really upset. As opposed to, Marley, you brought up before we started recording a, a particular character in the MCU. Loki? Yeah, that's the one. See how she smiles when she says it, too? <laughs> well, you, can, you, you can hear you this smile. You see that right there? Right behind me? Mr. Loki mm-hmm. himself? That's, that is him. Well, yeah, because, like, originally, Loki wasn't supposed to have that big of a role in the MCU after Avengers. Mm-hmm. And um, Thor The Dark World, he was only going to be in it, like, quick little scenes. And they purposely added more more scenes with him because the fans just, I mean, they responded so well to him and they love, love, loved him. And um, I mean, and he got more of a, a role. And for goodness sakes, now he's getting his own TV show mm-hmm. on Disney Plus, you know? So I think that is a really good example of, yeah. um, of those guys listening to fans. <laughs> I mean... I don't, I don't have a problem with that though, where no, I they can see that there's a popular character that the fans obviously want more of. Give them what they want. Well, and I think that's I think that's fine. I think that's kind of on that. I think that goes up to that line of giving the fans what they want. Sure, and they didn't change the whole vision for what they were going to do with the MCU. Right, having Loki play a bigger role didn't take away from getting the Infinity Stones and the Gauntlet and Thanos and all of that. Like that all still played mm-hmm. out. They didn't rewrite the whole thing, but they decided to keep him around longer. And now, like you said, Marley, he's getting his own series. And I think that's, that's great. You look at what they did with Last Jedi and then Rise of Skywalker. And I, I think part of the problem is number one, Kevin Feige and Marvel, they had a vision, a pretty good idea, at least I think from the beginning of what they wanted to do. And I think it, it's been refined and changed over time, but they had an idea of, this is point A where we are and point B where we want to get to. And all along the way is going to be all these different movies with the new star Wars trilogy. I don't know that there was ever a vision of this is what we're going to do. Start to finish with this trilogy and what we're going to accomplish. And now as a result, we've got force awakens and then last Jedi that doesn't feel like it's as much in the same series as force awakens and rise of Skywalker, because Everything that Ryan Johnson did in The Last Jedi, whether you liked it or not, was really undone in Rise of Skywalker. Everything that the fans complained about was addressed in Rise of Skywalker. Number one, like you can look at the fact that Rose had like no screen time whatsoever in Rise of Skywalker, which I think is a shame. But you can also look at more important things like Luke Skywalker's character. When he shows up in Rise of Skywalker and he's like, why would you throw your lightsaber away? Jedi should be more careful with their weapon. Because what does he do at the very beginning of Last Jedi? He takes the lightsaber and just throws it over his shoulder and just throws it off the cliff. Right? And where Last Jedi was all about, we're going to kind of do away with the past and move forward into the future. Rise of Skywalker was like, nope, we've got to tie everything back into the past. And, I mean, the complaints about Rey being and nobody and not coming from any kind of heritage okay well that's cool we'll make her a palpatine then just stuff like that where i feel like now the whole series the whole trilogy just feels really disjointed because they were trying to cater to a certain group of fans well i think in that case i i think you're exactly right that they didn't really have a vision other than we're gonna make a boatload of money 
-hmm. And then we're going to come out with another movie that's going to make another boatload of money. And then another movie will make us a boatload of money. And then we'll all be happy. But I think that you're exactly right. Those movies do not feel like they belong. The Last Jedi is like an outcast of the rest of the the rest of the trilogy and i think that whether he was trying to do it or intentionally or not i i think he was intentionally trying to do it i think that ryan johnson was really just trying to undo a lot of the star wars universe with that film and in in what ways well just I mean, there was so much that I felt that fans were expecting after seeing episode seven, that when he got the reins to episode eight, when J.J. Abrams said, I'm not going to do episode eight, I'm stepping back, let's let somebody else do it. I think Ryan Johnson came in and said, hey, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I want here. We're going to do this and we're going to do this and. You know, we're going to be woke and we're going to, you know, make this the way that we need to make it for for our day and age. And and I don't care about history and it doesn't matter about this and this and we're going to piss all over all of this. And oh, see, I don't think he did any of that. And I, I don't I don't think it was it was meant to do any of that. I think they were they were trying to do new things in the Star Wars universe. You know? Yeah, and you, and that's we, why I say whether because he did every it intentionally single, every or single not, trilogy, you've you've gone through different phases and you've introduced new things. And yeah. people just automatically thought that because these new things like Leia flying through space, uh it automatically was impossible to do with the force and you couldn't do those things. Meanwhile, those things have been done before in the mm-hmm. universe. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I say whether he did it intentionally or not, I'm not going to, I don't know. I don't know what's in the guy's head. But a lot <laughs> of fans perceive that. And so they see him as tearing it down, tearing down what they beloved. And so there's all this fan backlash. And then when JJ comes back in, he's given the task, okay, well, We've got these upset fans, and they've been fans for 40 years. We need to try and mend these fences. And so I understand what Disney was trying to do there. I don't know that they were, you know, necessarily trying to bend to the will of the fans. Oh, they totally were. (laughs) I think that they were more trying to get back in the good graces of the fans. Which is bending to the will of the fans. That's that's, (laughs) that's the exact definition of it. It was a peace offering. Yeah, no. I I get what you're saying, Zoner. And I think part of the problem here is you and I view The Last Jedi differently. I think you're more in one camp than I am. Uh, as far as I, Last Jedi, I will tell you, may be my favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, and it's not mine. I enjoy right. it. I like it. Um, yeah. But it's not my favorite. See, and I, I think, I look back at 
um, Empire Strikes Back. And the day that we're recording this, just so everybody knows, is the 40th anniversary of the release of Ooh. Empire Strikes Back. Which so is, is the best Star Wars movie. In fact, that is one of the best movies ever. Well, wow. We even get applause for that one. That's nice. Very nice. Call. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but one of the things that I've always loved about Empire Strikes Back is that it is very different than the rest of the trilogy. When you look at the original trilogy, you've got Star Wars A New Hope, which is very upbeat, very hopeful, very happy. Um, I mean, other than, yes, <laughs> other than, other than Alderaan. I mean, it's very happy for everybody except for those living on Alderaan where yeah, they have a happy. bad day. But, and then you look at Return of the Jedi, it's the same thing. You know, they destroy the Death Star again. Everybody's happy. They win the war. It's over. The Emperor's dead. All of that's great. Darth Vader's redeemed. All of that's really cool. But Empire Strikes Back kind of sticks out because it is not as fun as the others. Like, it's fun. I still enjoy it. But it's not the upbeat, happy-go-lucky, everything-is-dandy kind of movie that, that A New Hope and Return of the Jedi are. When you end Empire Strikes Back, Han's been frozen in carbonite, and we don't know what's going to happen to him. We just found out the most shocking thing ever, that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's dad. Spoilers. It's 40 years ago, so hopefully people what? know. I know. I have no idea. I, I know. But um, um, thanks, Colin. I appreciate that. But, but I think about if Empire Strikes Back, if A New Hope had come out now, and then Empire Strikes Back came out in this era of social media, in this era of um, fans being able to interact a lot more with the studios all the time, what would the reaction have been for Empire Strikes Back? Because I think when it came out, and I, you know, I'm not 40 years old yet, so I wasn't around when it came out. But I think when it came out, it was shocking to a lot of fans who loved A New Hope when they got to the end of Empire Strikes Back and you've got that reveal. Like that probably made a lot of people like, no, there's no way Darth Vader can be Luke Skywalker's dad. Like that's that's not right. Well, there's you, no way Obi-Wan lied about that. You still see uh, people's reactions to it th to this day. You know, I've I've seen several videos of parents showing them the trilogy for the first time and getting to that point and then that ooh. reaction. Yeah. Yeah, that's that always fun. fun. But but the director of Empire Strikes Back, he wanted it to feel different than A New Hope. He wanted it to feel more serious. He wanted it to feel darker. He wanted it to change the way people looked at Star Wars compared to what A New Hope was. And I think that Ryan Johnson was trying to do something similar with Last Jedi, where, you know, it changed a lot of how we looked at Star Wars and how we looked at the Force and how we looked at the Jedi and everything else. I don't think it was to dismiss everything that came before it, but I think it was to say, now we're moving forward and, and what, what do we need to move forward and what needs to change? I would be interested to see if they had continued that story on in rise of Skywalker, instead of trying to go back and, and undo it. Um, <clears throat> I actually was, would be too. I mean, we leave with, with Ray, with Luke saying, we don't need Jedi anymore. We don't need Sith anymore. And not to say that we don't need light sign, good side of the force, but those are just names, right? And the traditions and everything that kind of goes with being a Jedi, goes with being a Sith. You can do away with all of that 
and at the core still choose which side of the force and everything else. But then when we get to rise of Skywalker raised right in the middle of her Jedi training with Leia. So yeah. like she's training to be a Jedi again. And, and so <laughs> it just right away just undoes everything. Um, and I think, I think on the surface, a lot of people feel like it was Disney trying to make up with the fans. I feel like it was more, there was a very vocal fan base out there and I don't think it represented every star Wars fan. And I think Disney really kind of gave to a lot of that. And I think we're seeing it more and more. I think another example is Sonic the Hedgehog, right? Mm -hmm. They released that trailer and the fans go crazy, not in a good way. And not my Sonic. I was going to say that was warranted. Sure. That Sonic was nightmare fuel, man. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But we'll never know now because we haven't seen the movie with that Sonic. We've only seen the movie with the new Sonic. So we don't know. Images were nightmare fuel. Well, (laughs) but but we don't know, though. Like, when you take snippets in a trailer and you say, oh, yeah, that looks awful. I mean, granted, I I get it. I think he looks better. But again, we see this more and more, I think, where, okay, I don't like this, so I'm going to go on and I'm going to start a petition to the point where fans think, with Game of Thrones, for example, oh, I didn't like how the gonna, last season ended. Are we going to really bring that up? I don't want well, to talk I, about it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it, I, I am not as familiar with Game of Thrones. I'm not going to be that guy that's like, I haven't seen it. I don't care. I just, I know that that was a big thing, right? People did not like how it ended. Mm-hmm. And so there, was, there were petitions to say, we want, we want it redone and we want these writers excused. And we want to do the whole thing. HBO is not going to do that. No. That's just stupid. Let's let's redo really the whole stupid. entire show now. Yeah, it'll work great. <laughs> but right. how that much... would that would be like me going and saying, "Hey, I didn't like the fact that the Hobbit movies were okay. like a fifteen-hour trilogy off of a two hundred and thirty-page book. We need to pare parse this down, and we need to like." Fix that. So redo it. I mean, well, and here's the easiest thing, way like, to fix the Hobbit: cut out everything that has to do with the romance between the elf and the dwarf. Just cut it out. Yep, it's not in the book. It doesn't need to be there. Yep. Go ahead, Colin. I cut you off. It's okay. I'll forgive you. But I, I do think you should create a petition about that, Jake. If you, feel oh, I'm sure there's it. one already out there. <laughs> there probably is. I'm sure there's one already out there. But The Hobbit is a good example of this, though, where I think New Line and Warner, they were trying to give the fans what they want because everybody wanted Peter Jackson to do The Hobbit. Peter Jackson Mm -hmm. wasn't that interested at the time in doing The Hobbit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can tell because The Mm -hmm. Hobbit movies are not the same passion project that The Lord of the Rings were. Definitely not on the same level. I'm not going to sit here and just dump all over the Hobbit movies because I don't think they're as horrible as everybody says either. I agree. But they are not the same passion project that Lord of the Rings was. Mm -hmm. The the quality is, is definitely substantially below the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But fans wanted Peter Jackson and they got Peter Jackson and that's what they got. Yeah. And now we don't want him anywhere near the Cimmerillion. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, I think something that we 
we all have to to remember and think about here is, you know, a lot of people put a lot of time and work into this. Like it's 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 not just this you know one lives. director that's going through and, and creating this whole whole film, right? You've got these huge production companies, you have VFX, you have costume, you have whatever else. And you know, how how would you feel if someone came over to you and said you treated this project like real crap and it is just terrible and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you suck at your job where you need to be fired and we'll see you later. It's a bit yeah. much like you, you can't, you can't go at something like that. All, all you're doing is being troll, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Let the production company deal with it. If they felt that it wasn't the movie that they wanted to release. Cool. They can extend the production time or do whatever else. Like, you know, Last of Us, for instance, they mm-hmm. they have always felt we're not going to release this game until we are ready, until we know that the story, that the graphics, that everything that we want is in line. And it doesn't matter if the fans are going to be pissed off and upset because we're delaying it another six months and another, another year. You know, we want to make sure that it's our quality product. But then there's like, I feel like there's the, I see your point too, but then I also think of, um, crap, what is that movie called? Uh, the Phoenix, the late, one of those, the latest X-Men movie. <laughs> you know, we don't talk about that movie. <laughs> what I, what I, movie? I'm going to though. <laughs> I'm going to, because I mean, it's kind of the same example too. They delayed that movie, I think two times before they released and it sucked. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, it's sad that they could have made it better. And, you know, and I'm I'm just really hoping I'm really hoping that The Last of Us lives up to its hype. I mean, I'm still going to play it and I know I'm going to love it. But, you know, there's going to be those people that are going to complain about every little thing. I mean, after seeing that trailer, it's it's looking amazing. Mm, I'm so excited. But it's a good point, though. A delay doesn't always mean that the movie or the game is going to come out better. A delay could be really an indicator of a lot of problems. Um, you know, Doolittle, for mm-hmm. example, was delayed and pushed back. It was going to be a summer release, then it was going to be a holiday release, and then they snuck it in in January. And I think there was a lot of reason why they did, because it was just a mess, and they didn't have it. It wasn't as good as they thought it was going to be. I mean, you bring on Robert Downey Jr., nobody signs him at this point thinking that you're going to make a crappy movie. Like, you're anticipating it's going to be a good movie but i think sometimes those delays if it's for the right reason then i'm okay with it like discovery for example star trek discovery was delayed and they pushed it back and it was because they didn't feel like it was ready to go for the first season and that ended up being a good thing like when they when it did finally come out it was pretty solid and it was pretty decent and they didn't want to rush it they wanted to do the right thing by it and so delays can be good delays can be bad and i don't know so you just don't know and then there's like writers like authors that delay like patrick rothfuss he's got his first two books name of the wind and wise man's fears which are great books there's supposedly a third book coming someday we don't know when george rr R. martin hasn't even finished the the dance of fire and ice novels that game of thrones is based on i the wonder if he will up. I mean, do you think he, 
I wonder if he will still come out with the books and be like, no, 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 no. This is how it's really supposed to end. I don't know. I could see him doing that. I wonder, though, if you get to a point where because it's become such a big deal and because there's so much expectation, if you're like, I'm not going to be able to to please everybody. And so I'm just not going to do it. Well, it can't be worse than season eight of the TV show. Yeah, unless he like kind of wants to be like kind of stick it to the TV show is what I mean. Yeah, like I could see him being like, "Guess what? No, this is really how it was supposed to end." And alternate ending. I don't know, but unless he, it's possible, I guess that he might have some sort of contract or something with HBO, and so he's not. I don't know. I wonder if they have some sort of agreement between the two of them. Hmm. I'm sure he probably consulted. You know, and said, this is how I'm envisioning it's going to happen. And but then it was all just super rushed and probably, I bet it wasn't executed the way he wanted it to. Maybe that's the right ending, but it's not the right, it wasn't the right way Maybe for it to, to conclude. I don't know. Cause it was hard. I mean, yeah, a lot of people rag on the, the last season, but I think there were parts of it that were really good. Yeah. I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does because I think it's been years and years since he's released a novel Mm -hmm. in the series and everybody's kind of just waiting to see what it's going to be. And I don't understand it because Brandon Mm -hmm. Sanderson is my favorite author and the guy puts out like thousand page books every other year. So I don't (laughs) get what the problem is here. People just write your books, like just sit down and do it. That's really mean because I can't (laughs) do it at all. So I'm, I'm amazed by anybody who can do that. Um, um, but yeah, we also have uh, Cyborg, which was supposed to be released April 3rd. And that, they haven't even mentioned anything about its production. Well, DC like right now, DC is trying to figure out what their next move is and what they're going to do, right? They're rebooting Batman again. You know, Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out later this year now, and it looks isn't really it, great. Isn't it August? Isn't it coming I out think, in August? Yeah, it was supposed to be May. Like, it was supposed to yeah. be out already, and now I think they moved it back to August. Yeah, um, so soon. Yeah, so it's coming out soon. Then there's the whole, is Henry Cavill going to come back as Superman ever? Or are they done with him as Superman? I and think then he's he, done. <laughs> well, he says he's not. He says he's happy to keep doing it. Oh, um, I thought he. I thought he was like, no, I'm done. And uh, especially because he's kind of taken on The Witcher. Like, I think he's... I think he, yeah. I think I heard that he like begged for that role. He really wanted to be the wizard. Henry Cavill is a really, really big nerd who just happens to be incredibly good looking. He, (laughs) he reads these fantasy novels. Like he is a big time fantasy nerd. He loves the Witcher series even before he was cast as it. That's why he begged to be in the role because Mm -hmm. he was familiar with it and he wanted to play the part. So He's he is a really big nerd, which is really awesome, which makes me like him even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but DC, I I just like with with Cyborg, I just don't know that they know what they're doing right now, you know. And I think they, that they never have that figured out. Yeah, they really true. never have. I mean, even during the eighties, they never really have been able to capitalize. The eighties and nineties, they had Batman. They had Superman that they never could really capitalize on. They had Batman. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about because <laughs> Superman 3 and then Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, are two of the greatest movies that have ever been made. Nuclear ever. Man? Was that the guy's name? 
uh was it solar solar man solar, solar dude man, nuclear man i don't know A terrible uh, villain man it, he was awful yeah. uh but richard Pryor as a villain was even worse so yes you know i mean that. They, and and to be fair superman as a villain against superman not a villain was <laughs> even worse so true it was a mess but you know you look you've got these amazing properties that have all these years of history behind them how do you constantly f it up over and <laughs> over and over again and dc manages to do that over and over and over again it's true well and and a lot of these companies should start realizing that you know redoing the same movie the exact same film over and over again for instance dark phoenix doing that storyline for the fifth bajillionth time doesn't always work and now yeah. they're rebooting you know suicide squad again who knows mm -hmm. if they're going to keep the flash we we know aquaman's eventually coming but we don't we don't know what's ever going to happen with this universe and so far i'm i'm just i'm not happy with it I enjoyed Wonder Woman. That's about it. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. We've got Black Widow coming out in the MCU. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, she's a fan favorite. Mm -hmm. People were really pissed off when there were uh, was a serious lack of Black Widow representation on the toy aisles with, uh, with the Avenger movies. The mm -hmm. Avenger movies. Is this seen as fan service or is this just a logical step? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie yet because of stuff. Yeah, um, obviously. It's stuff that if we say it, it'll get pushed down on YouTube and on Apple Podcasts and everything. So we're not going to say it. But um, so I don't know. It would depend on how it moves the story forward. And part of that is right now with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we don't know what the next phase is even going to look like. Like post Infinity Saga, like what are they going to build up to next? What's the next thing going to be? So I don't know how Black Widow builds the story and builds the next chapter. I hope that it does. I worry that it is mostly just, oh, you guys want a Black Widow movie? Oh, and Wonder Woman did really well. So maybe we should do this whole female-led superhero thing because, you know, we've done 20-something films. We might as well throw one in finally. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if it is just fan service, like, I worry that it is, especially since you look at the timing of when this movie is coming out. Yep. I don't know when it, when the film takes place. I don't know how it feeds in the story because we know that black widow, if you haven't seen. Infinity War, game, Spoiler you know, warning. She dies. Yeah, yeah. So we know she's gone. Or Infinity war. Yeah. No, it was in game. Yeah. It was in game. Yeah. I said infinity war. I was wrong. It was in game. You guys were right. But yeah, so I don't know. And I also said that this was the first female-led movie and it wasn't Captain Marvel was. Sorry. Well, was that fan service as well? No, Captain Marvel wasn't. No, definitely wasn't. I they think... Were, they were planning on that for a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, it moved the story forward because she was tied in with the Infinity Stones and everything. I think, I think it's fine. Okay. It wasn't my favorite of the Marvel movies, but it wasn't like... It was better than Dark World. Thor the Dark World was worse <laughs> than this one by a lot. By uh, a lot. By a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
there was a lot that I really liked about Captain Marvel. But am I the only one in existence that enjoyed Thor: The Dark World? Yes. Yeah. I, I like so. the first half of that movie, but then when they start going back down to Earth and doing all the convergent stuff, that's when it starts to lose me. The <laughs> only part that I enjoyed in that film was the five seconds that Zachary Levi was on screen. <gasps> yes! <laughs> but but what I loved is that the Russo brothers have now made it a very important film in the series because of Endgame. Yeah. Yep. Oh, because yeah, like they right. go back to Thor the Dark World and that's when he gets mm-hmm. his hammer back and everything so that is um, true it's just kind of funny yeah uh, it is funny so good so good but yeah I, I don't know we'll see if Black Widow is I think you play a dangerous game I think you have to try to give the fans what they want you have to try to do what's going to sell tickets right I mean these are businesses that we're talking about. End of the day, they want to do what's going to sell tickets. They want to make art. They want to tell a story, all of that. But they want to make art and tell a story that makes money. Like, mm-hmm. that's just what they do. And True. so there is a certain amount of you've got to give the fans what they want. But you play a dangerous game. You look at, like, Doctor Who, for example. They gave us the first female doctor not not too long ago. This current doctor is the first female doctor. She's great. She's wonderful. And a lot of fans really wanted to see that. But there were a lot of fans who didn't want to see it. So when you give in or you give the fans what they want, you have you run that risk of upsetting another group of fans that maybe don't want that. And and it has divided the Doctor Who fandom. I'd like to say that like for the first time, but it's not. And they are always divided about classic Who versus new Who and everything anyway so it doesn't really matter because they all hate each other and <laughs> like it's the worst fandom out there honestly and so i say that you, as a doctor mm-hmm. who fan do you feel that that that, that move was was fan service then i do think it was to a certain extent i think it was uh we want to be progressive we want to be forward thinking so here's a female doctor I don't care that it was either because if you tell a good story with it, then it doesn't really matter to me. If you want to be progressive and push an agenda that whatever, I think a lot of art pushes an agenda. So I don't have a problem with that Mm -hmm. as long as the story is good, as long as the characters are good, but that's not the way everybody's going to react to it. Yeah. And my thinking is along those lines as well. If it's a good story, if it's a, if it's a good actress, if it's a good actor, whatever the case may be, I really don't care. I just want to be entertained with good quality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think going back to Star Wars, Disney absolutely 100% on purpose wanted a female lead for the new trilogy because oh, they yeah. wanted that's that's what they wanted. That's the direction they wanted to go with the series. I don't have a problem with that and I think Rey is a fantastic character. I agree. Um so I I don't have a problem with it. But it is interesting to see. We'll see how the Snyder cut turns out. I I don't know. I don't know that it's going to be better than Justice I'm, League. I'm honestly surprised that it's going to take a until 2021. Well, that makes release. me wonder how really done the Snyder Cut really I don't, is. I don't think it was really done. No, I, don't I don't think, think it so exists. I, I don't I think, really it, I think don't. they're it making it exist. exist. They're, they're like forcing they're it to exist. It. I think so. And and it makes me wonder, too, if we're going to see news eventually of, of reshoots for it as well. Oh, that would be awesome. That would make my But day. I don't oh think they can gosh. do Ben Affleck. Because What's he, that? 
I don't think they can get Ben Affleck to reshoot anything, so they would have to do only scenes without him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Henry Cavill may not want to come back either. Yeah. yeah. And they could just put CGI on him, you know. It, I mean, that he's, really he's well pretty before. attached to his mustache nowadays, I hear. Is he? Yeah. Big sign. Does he have one in Witcher? I don't think he has one in Witcher. No. no. no he's, he's like a big no, beard, right? No. But, yeah, they'll, no. they'll just throw a CGI version of him in. It it works really well. So nobody can tell the difference. There's no nightmare fuel there at all. No. I don't know. So we want to hear what you guys think. What is fan service? What isn't? Do you think that studios being responsive to fans, if that that that's the right thing for them to do in almost every case? Or do you think it's kind of getting out of hand? We want to hear about it. You can leave a comment right below the video. or you can send us feedback. I'm pretty sure we've got an email address. We've still got that, don't we, it's, Colin? What is it again? It's somewhere. I think it's feedback at soulandroids.com. Oh, yeah, there or, it is. Or down, Thanks, Marley. I appreciate you pointing it out for me. There. <laughs> but we do want to hear from you, and we want to hear if you've got an idea for a show, uh, something you'd like to see the panel discuss. We'd love to hear that as well because, you know, we always like good ideas, and really we just want to give our fans what they want. We're here for you to cater to your needs. <laughs> like you just pop that up over Sonner's face again. <laughs> I'm on the internet. <laughs> uh, I was hoping if I if I put up the the text again that it would bump that up. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> bump it up even more. Yeah. But yeah, we appreciate your your input. We appreciate you listening. You can find us on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram. Basically anywhere where you would want to find us. Sometimes you'll find us in places you don't want to find us. You just never know. We're always out and about. So you know, I'm just saying. Just saying. That sounds creepy. I know it did. It really came out wrong. Uh, so I have nowhere to go from there except to say thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Hasta luego. Bye. Bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.